Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Track Smack with Don Hall. Smackcast. Welcome to TrackSmack Radio's SmackCast edition, this week's special show that we're doing for IndyCar at Texas, the Expel 375. Don Hall here with you with Mike Haig, of course. He's always here with me. He's dying laughing because I've had to do this like five times now because for whatever reason, I don't know the name of our show, my co-host, or whatever. So Mike, save me here. What's going on? How are you? Oh, man, Don. It's, it's been a great day, and uh, we're having fun and trying to get through all these uh, little technical problems and laughing at the same time. But, hey, that's what it's all about. We have any cars at Texas this weekend. Can you believe it? I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And I know you've got a ton of audio for us. Uh, I mean, IndyCar just went all out this week and, and has interviews from, God, how many drivers did you say that you got? 11 different drivers. 11 different drivers talking about a multitude of things dealing with Texas Motor Speedway, the race this weekend, how the cars have been handling after one race, uh, the whole shebang. So we're going to jump into it. For those who are new to the show, we just want to explain. I know we've we've explained on the TrackSmack show before, but we want to explain to you what a smack cast is. Mike and I, sometimes we have, we call them like our little nugget shows, our little mini shows a lot of times they're they're specialized um, on one subject whereas track smack itself when we do it we usually cover mainly nascar but we will do updates with uh or kind of give an update or preview of nhra races and indycar uh, when we do smack cast it's usually just on like mike will do an nhra update uh for the week or an indycar update and so they're going to be just these special things or if we do a, an exclusive interview with someone instead of putting a 45 minute interview or 20 minute interview or something in a smackcast show or having to wait till the show comes out a lot of times we'll just we'll we'll send that out right away right mike am i explaining that correctly how we do it yeah why well, I- why keep you waiting until a certain day of the week? We'll just get it out as soon as we possibly can. So a lot of people think SmackCast, you're all smacking each other around. No, it's just a short show, a different show, and it's more on a certain topic or certain driver or whatever, or, yeah. or, or a race like this weekend. Yeah. So there you go. It's just yeah. something that we, we just like to specialize on one topic or whatnot. So, uh, again, this week is the IndyCar race at Texas Motor Speedway. Could possibly be the last race at uh, Texas Motor Speedway for IndyCar. Sunday early afternoon, 1130, the broadcast will start on NBC Sports. And 1145, the green flag will drop. It's an early race. 248 laps. Mike, let me ask you this really quick. Okay, and I'm gonna, I was going to ask you this off air so I didn't sound stupid when I asked it, but what the hell? I sound stupid all the time, so I'm going to I'm just going to play continue to play the role. So, it's the Expel 375. Okay. But in the in the information that we received from IndyCar, it's 248 laps for 372 miles. So, shouldn't it be the Expel 372 then? 
Or is it a typo? Uh, no, I think they just go with, instead of saying the, the, the Daytona 499, it's a Daytona 500. So how many laps did they, did it, is it? 248 laps around a mile and a half track. Okay. I I think maybe it's 375K, you know, for kilometers. Oh, I don't know. I, I just know. always know at Texas, like we had the Samsung 500 or we had the, you know, anything that we have with NASCAR, it's usually the 500 or it's the 375 you know, Xfinity series. And so that's, you know, you always know that you go 500 miles or. I think it's in kilometers because we had the um, Firestone 500K before there at Texas Motor Speedway and um, the Learjet one. I forgot the name of the na the race started with the B. It was the. We had the Bombardier. Bombardier, like 500K or something. I don't Okay. I don't remember it, but that's probably what it is. Uh, that's a good question. We're going to ask that question. Um <laughs> We get I just wondered track. if it was a typo or something. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. Expel 375, but it's only 372 miles. So should it be the Expel 372? <laughs> <laughs> you would ask that. <laughs> I, I could go get my husband. He's used to working in kilometers. You know, he's from South Africa, and that's they do everything in kilometers. I could ask him. But but now he's been here in the States now for six years, so he'll have to pull out his little his phone and do the – little the con what, conversion version yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay enough of that so, so there was my dumb question for the night i'm sure there might be more here coming soon so just prepare yourself <laughs> one of those nights <laughs> it is it is so we've had one race mike uh, so far in the indycar series season it's was what like two and a half three weeks ago i guess it was yeah it was a couple of weeks ago it was on uh i'm trying to think the date uh February the 27th and the uh, Firestone um, Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Uh, Scott McLaughlin won that race and, and uh, Alex Palou, uh, who we're going to hear from in just a few minutes, he finished second. Will Power was third. Colton Herter was fourth and uh, Romain Grosjean. Uh -huh. How you say it? It was fifth. So um, they had 26 cars in the race and that, that race at St. Pete is always a a great race is a street course race. And this is the first uh, oval event of the year uh, at Texas Motor Speedway. They they had some test sessions. Some of them got kind of postponed, you might say, because of the weather was too cold and, and a little bit rainy and everything. But uh, they've had a number of test sessions and very successful test sessions. And so some of the drivers we're going to hear today were at that test session. Um, test sessions, I might say, because it was more than one. Mm -hmm. held in the last uh, month or so. I was looking at the, the stats real quick. Look at me pulling a, a Mike Haig with the stats. We have a total of, I think, 25 drivers, and I think five of them are rookies. Yeah. Uh, out of those five rookies, one of those rookies has laps around Texas Motor Speedway and is a Texas Motor Speedway past winner that's jimmy johnson of course it was in a nascar cup car but he has a lot of experience and he knows that track well kind of comes in new in the car but you would have to think that he still has a little bit of a little bit of an edge he's got the knowledge of of the track so he, he's coming in better than i would say some of the other rookies would be absolutely a lot of miles around the track in the stock car, and you kind of get the feel of the turns and everything. And I think he uh, will do well in the race in the in the uh, IndyCar series this weekend. This is his first time to really compete in an oval. You know, last year he um, started racing in the IndyCar series, but ran strictly road courses. Uh -huh. And so he's going to make his debut this weekend in the uh, IndyCar Series at Texas. And then uh, and later in the month of May, we're going to see him in the Indy uh, 500 in, uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that's going to be something else to see as well. You know, while the Indy 500, I wouldn't say it's a 
anyone could win it like Daytona 500. And yet at the same time, you can kind of say that sometimes because you've seen, I mean, we've seen stranger things happen at the Indy 500. I mean, again, sometimes it's a matter of kind of like Daytona. It's a matter of just surviving and being there at the end. Um, staying out of wrecks and stuff, but, but we've seen people, you know, dominate the race and then the last 10 laps or so have issues and not win it. It's just that special race where sometimes people just come in and it's just their day. You know what I mean? It's just their day. So Right. And like the Indy 500 comes down to usually, you know, tires and fuel uh, mileage and, uh, and or, you know, what kind of car you have there at the end and you got to be in the right place at the right time. And See if you can make the move to the front. And we've seen some great races at Texas Motor Speedway. It's going to be very similar. They were talking about in some of these interviews about how the um, the aero package is going to be this, this year with the downforce. And we might see a little bit more passing uh, depending on how the cars uh, handle on the track with the PJ1 compound that's on there. So we might see a little bit better race this week. And unfortunately, it could be the last yeah. If they don't resign the contract with uh, Texas Motor Speedway and uh, the NTT IndyCar Series officials. So hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, I hate to see that happen. You know how much we enjoyed it going out there. Well, Mike, uh, let's kick off some of the audio I know you have. And uh, the first guy that you have audio from is a little special to me. While he's from originally from Mexico, uh, this will kind of be a, a bit of a home race for him as well because uh, Pato Award is, actually did his high school years at the same high school that I went to in San yeah. Antonio, Texas. He graduated from Texas Military Institute there in San Antonio. You would consider Texas Motor Speedway a home track for him. I'm sure he's going to have lots of family and friends here for this race to see him. And I know you got some audio from it. Yeah, and all this audio, Don, is also uh, provided courtesy of the uh, NTT IndyCar Series. This first one is an interview that took place just a day or two ago, a Zoom interview with the, with the media. And um, he talks about his win last year at Texas. He talks about the car, a few other things. So here's what he had to say. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's, well, first of all, it's a place that that holds a very special place in my heart because I've lived in Texas for many years. Um, and honestly, if you would have told me that's where you're going to get your first IndyCar win, I would have told you that you're crazy. Um, but we did it. We did it there last year. And I think we've proven that we've had a, a, a noble package as a team that's as strong as anybody out there. So I feel like, um, this is a great chance for us to, to capitalize on a, on a good opportunity and, um, you know, kind of, kind of path our way into this 2022 season after having a, a kind of rough start in St. Pete. I think it was just so important to get it out of the way. Um, it was just, it was kind of like a, like a reassuring of ourselves. Like, you know what, we, we just won together. The group of people that were in engineers, mechanics, um, you know, driver, everybody together, we just won. So it's like this package can win uh, and it's proven to be race winners already. So um, I think that that's what you, you always believe it, but I feel like once you actually break through it, it, it just, it's a, it's a fact, it's a statement. It's not a belief anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was just huge into, into, I feel like just really knowing that, that, you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've got it. We can, we can bring it to the, to the big guns. So um, I don't think it's going to be any different this year. Honestly, if I'm not mistaken, I think we were in the same situation as we were last year. Um, you know, as much as we'd love a second lane, I just don't think there is, I don't think the PJ1 is 
a surface that's ever going to give us that second lane. If it does, it's going to be way slower. So it's not really going to be a second lane where you can actually fight and pass people rather than just shuffle your way back in a way. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, I think last year, even with that PJ1 there, it there is there is enough space where you can pull off a move. It's not easy at all as... I mean, I remember I got a little wiggly on it last year and restarts and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. They can't just go on there and peel it, right, and, and, and go back to how it was a few years ago. But I never got the chance to race one without it. Uh, so I feel like it's unfair for me to 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 give kind of like, a you know, pros and cons or, or be comparing them. But um, – I think we just have to work with what we have. Uh, we had a great race there last year. Uh, we proved to 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 be able to be making moves, maybe not two or three at a time, but one at a time. Um, it certainly wasn't easy. So I just think it's going to be the same the same this year. It's huge, man. And and honestly, for me, I I I really enjoy going there. You know, not just because you know we were strong there last year, but ever since we went there for for a first time or my first time in in 2020, um, I've always just enjoyed enjoyed being around in in Dallas and 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 I and I think it's a great track. It's it's certainly not an easy track to master, um, but I think it's just. You know, it's a track that has a lot of history, but it's a track that has a lot of character. Um, obviously, the characteristics of what it might have had a few years ago are different now, but that doesn't necessarily mean oh, it's way worse. No, it's just different, and you have to adapt to. You have to be uh, flexible, and you have to adapt to to what is getting thrown at you. So, um, you know, I'd honestly be very sad for it to to go away. Um, if it does, I'd love for there to be another solution in Texas, because I feel like it's a, it's a huge market that, that I think is, is, is very important specifically for me, but you know, for our partners, for, for IndyCar in general. So um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what ends up happening to be honest. Um, you know, let's see, I don't really make those calls. So all I can do is just give my opinion and see what, what uh, ends up happening. And there you go, Don. And so, you know, he uh, doesn't think that, there will be a second lane. Now, some of these guys that we're going to hear from today are kind of hopeful. There's, they're kind of all over the place, and they, they really don't know until they get there. And they have a very short practice session, and then, boom, it's qualifying, and then it's race day, you know, the next day. So uh, they don't have a lot of time. they got to figure it out pretty quick. Pato, they're talking about how exciting it was last year getting that win. Uh, Mike, you also have to keep in mind that, you know, just a couple of months ago, uh, Pato was part of a winning team there at the 24 Hours of Daytona as well. So uh, th- this kid, he's the real deal, and he's coming off of, of some pretty big wins. I mean, uh, of course, Elio Castroneves is another one that is a winner there at uh, – he's been a multiple winner there at Daytona at the 24 Hours of Daytona. Uh, we're going to hear from him in a little bit. But one of the things I wanted to mention, too, since he was talking about that PJ1, if it's going to come in or not, or the second groove coming in, Mike, here's something to keep in mind. We've, we've been talking all week about the weather and how the weather is supposed to be really nice. Uh, Saturday, when these guys will practice, Saturday morning in Justin, which is where the track is located. I know a lot of people say Fort Worth, but it's really in, in Justin, which is a little suburb outside of Fort Worth. 37 degrees right now, uh, right now is the low in the in the morning time. And it should get up to 77 and it'll be sunny. It'll be a beautiful day on Saturday. 
Sunday, though, uh, we have a high of 78 and a low of 49, so not as cold, but wind is a factor. We've got wind mm-hmm. advisory, and right now we're under a wind advisory up here um, as I speak, and it has just been crazy windy today, blowing the cars all over the road, you know, and stuff, driving. So these Indy cars, it's it's a big difference, you know, when we go to NASCAR and it's windy. The Indy cars are, you know, it's like you're afraid they're going to take off <laughs> if you get too much wind up there. And you you know as well as I do, for anyone who's never been to Texas Motor Speedway, I always say this. When you're there in the track, it's it's like a wind tunnel in itself. It is. So, you know, if you're going to add more wind on top of that, gusting winds, that could actually play – havoc for some people there especially if there's not multiple grooves you may get blown up into a groove and (laughs) without knowing it so uh, i just think these are things to definitely keep in mind especially this wind advisory that could be a big deal uh, for these indy cars oh absolutely you know that's going to be a factor and um, i think uh, he's got a very good chance of getting a repeat victory this year what's crazy about uh this guy is he you know, it only took him two seasons to, to win a race at Texas. It's hard to get a win at Texas. And the, these guys talk about that track. You know, it's even the NASCAR guys are, talk about that track. It's hard to win there. Mm-hmm. And look look how many years we went without a repeat winner. Well, and, it's hard unless you're Scott Dixon. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> he figured it out. He's got like seven or something like that, or five. I don't know how many. I, it's in the notes. I, I just pulled up the notes. That didn't mean I looked at them. So. <laughs> Oh, I think he has, uh, oh, five times, yeah. Yeah, he's won multiple times. Uh, 2008, 2015, 2018, 2020, and raced one in 2021. You know, I, for, I forgot to mention that uh, Pato, you know, he he won last year, but there were two races they had, yeah. remember? Yeah, it was a doubleheader. Doubleheader, and I forgot about that. And, and he so he won the second award won the second race dixon mm-hmm. took the first well so. we've got multiple winners in this uh that will be in this race uh this weekend you've got guys like elio castroneves gosh i'm trying to think who else is in there uh has graham won here before yeah graham won here in 2016 and we're going to hear from him in just a second um here's the ones that are currently uh let's see we mentioned dixon we mentioned uh elio we uh will powers won uh really? tw- Weiss, Ed Carpenter took the victory in 2014. He's supposed to be racing. Joseph Newgarden won in 2019. And then Ray Hall in 2016. And then Award won last year the second race. So there's a lot of guys that are going to be racing this weekend that have are previous winners here. So we might see one of them get another victory. And here we're talking about Pato, about this being a home track for him. It's also kind of a home track for Aussie Will Power in, yeah. in a lot of ways because his wife in, in, is from Plano, right outside of here, right outside of the Dallas or DFW area. And so I know the family comes down. They actually stay when they come in town. They stay there with their in-laws and everything. So it, it's basically become like a home track for Will yeah. Power as well. So Definitely, definitely has. So the next driver up, Don, I guess we want to hear from is Graham Rahal. Awesome. He won here in 2016. Now, he had a lot of good things to say about the track and everything. And so here's a, a preview of, of what he had to say about this race. To get back on an oval, I think it takes a little bit of time um, just to adjust. But at the same time, truthfully, like myself and, and guys like Dixie and people that have been around a long time, like you jump in and within a few laps, you already, you know, you've got a feel for where you're at. And at Texas, we don't have a lot of time. There's not a lot of practice. You go right into qualifying and then you go right into the race. So you better be ready to compete. 
Um, I feel good. I'm excited. Um, I know Christian had a good rookie test there, so I feel like you know there's there's good potential for our team to be to be fast down there. Um, fingers crossed. We we've had a lot of success at Texas in the past, and uh, hopefully we can make it happen again. Well, I think it's you know with people testing versus not, it's it's tough. Obviously, you would like to go test there, but we had our opportunity with Christian, um, and it was a beautiful day. I was down there. I did a few laps uh, right away, and uh, I mean four or five laps and uh, to get the car settled for him. Uh, but I thought it was a, a perfect day to be down there, 70 degrees, bar- barely any wind. Um, and then I know some, some of the Chevy guys tested here recently. But, you know, for us, I think we've got to rest on what we learned with Christian. I think it's also, you know, we've been very competitive at Texas in the past. I think there's no reason for us to be overly concerned. There are some changes with the aerodynamics, with the barge boards and uh, trim sidewalls and strakes and things that we can use um, that are to add downforce. And the idea with adding downforce to make the racing better for the fans. So, but also the time of year. Um, you know, racing there in March is so different than June. Uh, temperature-wise and everything else. June, we're used to high temps. We're used to lots of wind. It'll be interesting to see what we get in March. But that is somewhat of an equalizer. Um, so we'll see what we get next week. And I'm, I'm excited to, to go racing down there. As I said, it's been a, a place I've had great memories, uh, good success. You know, we're coming off a strong year last year with a doubleheader, getting a fifth and a third um, down there. So Hopefully, it'll be a good way for us to kick off this next wave of races. The performance last year was really good. Um, getting my fourth podium at Texas was, was pretty cool. Uh, but I, I do know that we had an opportunity to win that race. Um, every time I got to the front, though, I was getting very loose. And so we need to get the car a little bit more settled so that when we are in, uh, in, in the front, uh, being able to lead, that we can do it more comfortably. Uh, Last year was kind of an interesting race with fuel saving and things like that. Whoever was in the lead, it was such a massive detriment. Uh, Dixon and I kind of went back and forth and back and forth for a long time. Uh, but I, I do think that we, uh, you know, we're, we're one of the teams that are going to be very competitive down there. I expect Penske to be very good. I think they've made good improvements in the off season, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But definitely, I think there's some areas that we can improve from last year. But generally, we we're very good. So the setup on, a, on an oval, really the main thing is to have the car as neutral as you can handle. Um, and what that means is, is as little steering as possible. The difficulty of that is it's a very fine line between being neutral and too loose. And if you're too loose, you're going to lose it. Um, and uh, obviously on an oval, that, that results in a big impact. And so we are, uh, we're always dancing that fine line, I think, um, you know, for us to be, to be strong and and uh, to be able to, to run up front. The weight jacker and all the tools that we have to adjust between you know, anti-roll bars, the weight jacker is the most powerful. Uh, in essence, what the weight jacker does is it transfers weight from the left front to the right front uh, by utilizing the rear shock absorber, actually. So if you add pressure, it adds weight to that left front. Um, when you do that, the car is going to turn way more aggressively. Um, so maybe when you're in traffic, you're doing that a lot. But when you get out in the lead, you know, you need to be pushing it towards the right side a lot to create stability because you suddenly have a lot more downforce. So there's a lot of stuff that we chase in the car um, that we're trying to utilize to, to be better. And Don, you mentioned the weather and what does he do? He talks about the weather. You know, it's going to be a lot cooler in March than it is in June. And, and, and I, I really, really enjoyed that uh, interview there with uh, Graham. And um, he's so knowledgeable. You know, he comes from a f- family of racing and He's married to Courtney Force. On she's you know John Force's daughter over on the NHRA circuit. So he's just around motorsports all the time, and just such a nice young man. I've interviewed him 
many times and just really a, a pleasant guy all, all around, I think. So yeah, keep an eye on Graham. He's great. And you know, I was, I was going to notice, I don't know if it's with age and becoming a father and stuff. just listening to him and we've had him on our show multiple times throughout the years and he's always gracious, but there was something a little different about it. Like, I mean, my Graham would be great in the booth come yeah, retirement oh, yeah. time. I mean, when he's done driving, he'd be absolutely fantastic in the booth. And I guess it's because when you see Graham, when you do interviews with him and stuff, like most drivers, I mean, he, he's really gracious and great. When you see him out on the track, sometimes he can be a little bit brash, but I think it's just because he gets so focused and stuff. So, But he's always been really, really nice and stuff. I mean, I've I've talked with him and taken pictures before, but there was just something a little different. I don't know if he sounded, he just sounded more upbeat, I guess, in this interview. He did. And he's very, you know, competitive when he's out there on, on the track and, you know, even on pit road. And once he gets, walks on that, you know, in, in, out of the hauler or the motor coach and, you know, goes to the infield in to get in the car and stuff, he's very, very focused and he's got a job to do. And, you know, he comes, his dad was a racer and, but I really think he's matured a lot over the years and he's um, I, I, I'd like to see him on TV as a commentator or in the booth or, you know, doing something in the studio or something uh, at some point after he gets through racing, I would not be surprised to see him there yeah, and not yeah. just, not just IndyCar, you know, I could see him doing other motorsports as well. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Well, the next one, Don, I think we ought to talk about is another guy who had a really good interview is Jack Harvey. Now, Jack, Jack's a guy who um kind of a mid-pack racer. He's got a lot of talent and everything, and he finished 13th in the first race of the season at uh, St. Pete. But Jack is a, a guy that I think if they ever got it together, I mean, really got their team focused and put a, a good effort out, I think Jack's the kind of guy you, you could see winning at Texas as well. He's got the, got a lot of talent there, and, and so... He, uh, he spoke on a number of topics, so here's what he had to say. Uh, speed's definitely higher. I mean, any day you're going over 200 miles an hour, you know, obviously it takes a little bit of adjustment, but to be honest, throughout the off-season, we've done a little bit of simulator work. So I think getting re-acclimatized shouldn't take too long. Obviously, Christian just tested there and everything went really well, so um, yeah, excited. Honestly, just to get going at Texas last year, was a big really breakthrough weekend for me compared to 2020 so we just want to build on that momentum that we're generating at that track obviously it's my first outing with uh, Ray Hall and Lanigan on an oval so uh, yeah I think really just looking to have a smooth smooth weekend and uh, be as aggressive as, as we can but obviously conscious of the fact that uh, you know no one wins the race in the first corner but we don't want to lose it that way either so um, honestly just ready to ready and excited to get back to Texas. This is going to be my 13th oval start. Uh, honestly, at this point, I'm just excited to get back on one. You know, I think throughout my time in IndyCar and Indy Lights, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed racing on ovals. There's definitely a lot of things I had to really work on, but I think last year was a big breakthrough for me just in general. Also, it was 2020. So I feel like we have some really good momentum right now on oval racing. I feel like I've got good momentum right now. So, I mean, at this point, just, just excited that it's another opportunity to go out and get a great weekend. Demands at Texas really, I think, are quite simple. It's the ability to be comfortable going into turn one where it always feels like the rear isn't underneath you. You know, you kind of, you turn into the corner and you blend in and the car just kind of goes light for a second and it doesn't feel like there's any feedback from the steering or anything like that and the first time I went I wasn't super comfortable with it uh, you know throughout the two races we did last year I became really comfortable with it and ended up making you know two great starts a great first race and race two we were 
running third at the time and fortunately we had a mechanical which took us out of the race but uh, you know certainly I feel like we had a podium opportunity and I think just over racing in general is working through it in a methodical way but also then taking that little bit of the brain out of it and just understanding that you got to go fast you know I know that's a real simple silly thing to say but over racing is so much just about commitment and confidence and making sure that we have all them things in a in a good place so uh, yeah I think they're the main demands of Texas. Wow, uh, Texas races honestly have been so different, I think, from the last 10 years. Uh, you know, I remember watching Graham win and they were running two cars wide the whole lap and, you know, that's not been my experience when I've raced at Texas. It's very much just been a, you know, one lane and just make a capitalize on someone else's mistake ahead of you. So I don't really know what to expect this year. I think IndyCar have brought out some different downforce options which you know perhaps will make the racing a little bit more um, you know side by side or certainly be able to use more than one lane but um, some of the best IndyCar races on ovals I've ever seen have been at Texas so I guess we're all just optimistic that whatever happens it's going to be a great race regardless. I don't think right now I'm attached to any particular setup other than trying to find that balance between being comfortable and fast you know because if you're too comfortable typically you're probably not going to be that fast uh you know and if you're not comfortable it's just not a fun day so i think texas is going to be really important to make sure the front is working really really well working well in traffic what comes with that is that feeling that i mentioned earlier on where the rear kind of gets light it's turn one and just being able to drive through some of that problem so i'm not super tied to anything other than trying to win the race on uh, Sunday and I don't mind what we have to do with the car to get there I'm going to be as adaptable as I can to change my driving my techniques and things like that to be able to do it as well so the only thing I'm really tied to at Texas is trying to win and that's Jack Harvey and he's driving the number 45 this weekend and he's um, a guy that could uh, if he put it all together and was in the right place at the right time would not be surprised to see him get a victory at Texas you never know he's one of those guys that you never know well, and he's, of course, a teammate there with Graham Rahal and with uh, with Christian here. Christian's getting all the props uh, in these interviews <laughs> in these yeah. interviews for his, uh, I guess, for the information that he brought back from testing there. So <laughs> so thanks, Christian. Jack Harvey is, is one of those guys, too, that I, I can just listen to interviews with him all the time. That accent is just amazing. So fun, fun guy. So, yes, all right. Well, I mean, we got some great information from him there as well. Uh, who do we got on deck now? Well, we got Jimmy Johnson on deck. Oh, okay. And Jimmy's up next. Uh, we talked about him. He uh, did not have a really good outing in the first race of the season there at um, St. Pete. He finished 23rd. He was one lap down at the finish. and um, But he's, you know, still adapting to the car and the change from NASCAR to IndyCar. But he was at Texas Motor Speedway the, 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 um, a couple weeks ago. They had a short little uh, interview session with him. And he had a number of things to say. So here's what he says about Texas, the race and the track and the setup. I think these cars on mile and a half are always really entertaining to watch. Um, I've enjoyed watching as a fan, but then in August was able to come and, and drive one myself and excited to get back on the track and feel the speed. Um, you know, I certainly have an opinion of how to get around here in a cup car and then to drive it in an Indy car at the pace, the performance, um, even shifting around here. There's just a lot of subtle differences that, that make it really entertaining and fun to drive in an Indy car, and I'm looking forward to my first race here. I haven't noticed a change yet. You know, Today was supposed to be the day to um, really kind of step in that direction towards my full-time running. Uh, unfortunately, the weather's not cooperating. We don't have the, the, the air temp and track temp that we need, and then we also have some weepers on the track. So 
um, delaying my, uh, my, my true introduction into full-time, but I'm very excited for it and uh, very optimistic about my performance for the ovals. And from a driver's standpoint, you know, the, the cars are so different. Um, you are in an open-wheel vehicle, and where you look to make speed and, and to kind of pass and overtake is in a different spot on the track. So there is a different flow on track than what I've experienced in NASCAR. You know, NASCAR, if you got frustrated with someone, you can go up there and use your bumper and, and kind of move them out of the way. In these cars, it, it's just a different animal. Um, a lot more blocking than there really is the offensive use of your car to kind of create a spot and to create overtaking. Uh, it's never been about, well, I guess maybe at some point I had something to prove, but in my heart of hearts, I've just loved racing. And I started on two wheels, I've been on many, you know, in many different vehicles on four now trying indie cars i just i love competing i love racing i love uh love being in a race car and uh, being in that 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 moment that experience and the thrill that comes with it all so uh, i just love it can't can't step away can't step away and that's why we see him in the indie car series he's a racer you know a lot of these guys stick to only one one type of racing but jimmy he can kind of get in anything and we've seen him in lots of different forms of uh, motorsports and he does well it seems like whatever he touches and gets in the seat he does real well let me ask you this mike and i mean it's a hypothetical because yeah. i mean jimmy like he said he doesn't really have anything to prove i mean he's <laughs> you know he's a no. seven-time nascar champion he's an amazing amazing driver amazing guy he's done a lot both on and off the track there's a lot of pressure on on drivers of course you know from the fan base and yeah. Jimmy's taking a lot of crap. I mean, he's, it, it's funny because I mean, Jimmy never really got crap unless you just hated Jimmy Johnson because he was a winner. I, I just think that he, in a sense, maybe in his mind, but I guess as a fan, I feel he does have something to prove because I feel like I, what I wonder is, you know, Jimmy stepped in and, and this was kind of some talk on the IndyCar sites and stuff for a while when Jimmy came in, Jimmy came in and it was like all these commercials and stuff about Jimmy and all this hype about Jimmy. And, you know, he really, again, people lost sight of the fact that he, he was a rookie last year driving on the road courses for the first time in an IndyCar. So it was new for me and he was having to learn, learn everything. Now he's coming onto the ovals where I feel like there's a little bit more pressure on him. I feel like. Because I feel like if he doesn't succeed, then people are really going to start questioning, is this for him? Is he really having fun? Should he be getting all of this attention and these sponsors, you know, these big name sponsors that he has? Or should that be going to guys that are qualifying and finishing the races higher than him? Um, so, you know, and, which is well, all valid talk. I mean, it is. But I'm just curious. Yeah, Don, you know, you, you bring up a good point about the pressure that he has on the Oval um, racing on an oval, and I think um, we're going to see what kind of driver he can be in the IndyCar series on an oval. It's not going to be easy because it's it is quite different. You know, the cars are different, and they're you know the the grip and the the way you drive them and the way you attack the track. It's a lot different. So, can he adjust? I think he can. Um, will he do well? That's to be seen. But I, it might take him a couple races on these oval tracks kind of get the feel of it but um maybe by you know this time next year we'll see him you know doing really well top 10 top five finish and who knows he might <laughs> surprise us all 
and be the, the race winner. I think that would be awesome. I, I really, I would love even more. So I would love it to be at Texas. I would love it because I'm going to be there uh, and mm-hmm. you're going to be there. If it's the last time, I mean, God, it would just be amazing. We haven't seen Jimmy. You and I haven't gotten to see Jimmy race in a couple of years now. So it would be a lot of fun to be able to experience that uh, and yeah. see it happen. So um, I'm secretly hoping that that does happen. I'm just saying. And, you know, um, I'm sure they'll compare him to Tony Stewart, you know, and Tony was able to do it race at Indy, at the Indy 500. And I, I don't know. I mean, uh, when I look at look at him and I wanted to say what I wanted to really say was, you know, with his age, he's not going to be doing this very long period. Um, so the fans need to really uh, embrace this and enjoy this for what it is, because um, Jimmy's there's going to be a time that that comes that Jimmy's going to have to hang up his helmet for good. And um, this is something special we're seeing right now. I mean, how many people from NASCAR seven time champions do you see come over from one sport to the other and compete period? I think it's very special. Just remember we have a, we have a 49 or 48, however old he is quarterback uh, in the NFL that retired for two months and then <laughs> that's true. Back. So, but I, but with that said, I think it's more of, you hear Jimmy talk about, you know, he's just doing it for fun. He enjoys racing, but let's face it. Jimmy's a champion, a past champion, and Jimmy likes to win. And I can imagine Mike that I doubt it's a lot of fun running in the back of the pack or mid pack, you know, the whole time, yeah. just because you're out there racing. No, you want to win. He, he, he can say all he wants that he doesn't have anything to prove. I, I disagree. I think I I think in his heart of hearts he wants to win. I mean he, he there's yeah. he's not just out here just to have fun because he knows he knows the way that this all works, how this business works. And you know, in, in all fairness, and Jimmy's a fair guy, he wouldn't take that ride, that potential ride away from somebody else that has a potential of being a champion or a winner if he wasn't out there wanting to win himself, if that yeah. makes if that makes sense. I just, I don't see him. He's not that kind of person. So um, he can tell us all he wants that, <laughs> that there's not pressure, but knowing Jimmy the way that we do, um, pressure. yeah, he, he wants to win. Absolutely. Well, speaking of winning, a guy that won last year's any car series championship, Alex Pelot. We're going to hear from next. Oh, he, okay. was at, <laughs> he, he was at the at the, uh, the the test session, and um, here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think uh, last year's event was uh, pretty exciting. Uh, we got a double header last year. We don't have this year, but I think that's going to make the main race a bit uh, a bit bigger. But uh, yeah. Lots of passing, uh, lots of different strategies, and I think a, a great race so far. That was amazing. I mean, uh, just being a champion, it's uh, it feels awesome. But if you add up that it was the first uh, Spanish driver to, to achieve it, it just adds up and it makes it uh, more important, more special. So, yeah, going back home was amazing, obviously. Uh, got some uh, media stuff to do and to celebrate with the family. So, yeah, good times, happy times. And I just want to do it again now at the end of this year. Yeah, how do you top it? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think I'm on a... A magic scenario where um, I'm able to learn from Jimmy Johnson that uh, has been able to to win seven NASCAR Cup championships and even if it's not the same series uh, he still has the same mindset and the same knowledge so um, I can improve a lot uh, learning from him and same with Scott Dixon uh, six-time IndyCar champion and TK as well in the team and Marcus um, so yeah 
I mean, uh, an awesome uh, team, and, and that just keep, keep on helping us during the races to improve. I think what makes Jimmy really special is uh, the mentality, uh, the mentality of being already a seven-time champion. Like you got everything you you wanted from your your racing career, but he just is able and has the confidence enough to to go to a different series and and just work step by step and and the working mindset. I think it's it's the biggest thing. There you go, Don. You know, he's um, impressed with Jimmy, like we all are. And um, Alex, you know, surprised us all last year getting the championship. He really fought hard, and he opened the, opened the season up this year at St. Pete at the first race there a couple weeks ago, finishing second to Scott McLaughlin. He was really driving hard at the at the end of the uh, race and um, really challenging for the lead there, so uh, putting a lot of pressure on. Alex is a kind of guy that um, – He's got to be a favorite to win this weekend in uh, Texas, I think. There's something about bringing in vets, seasoned vets, having seasoned vets around you, and uh, that that makes you a better driver, a, a better champion, a, a better athlete altogether. But can I just say that he just completely broke my heart when he mentioned two simple letters. TK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought about that too. I looked I'm at so the... sad not to to know that I'm going to be at the track and Tony Kanaan won't be there. But uh, you know there is, of course, him mentioning Tony Kanaan. That's because they're at Ganassi Racing. TK is a teammate because TK will be racing in the Indy 500 uh, with American Legion as his sponsor. So he's he he's retired, but not fully retired. But I miss Tony. <laughs> True. You know that's how it. I love me some TK. <laughs> I know, I know. And TK he, uh, knows how I love some TK. <laughs> yeah, we just need to book a, a trip, Dawn, a road trip, Tracksmack, and Race Day SA road trip to, to the Indy 500 this year. Let's do it. I'm down. We need to do it. You bet. So next up on the on the block is uh, Marcus Erickson, another driver, Dawn, that I was impressed with last year. He was at, also at the test session at Texas, and here's his thoughts about racing this weekend. Oh, it's a, a fun race, I think. You know, it's a, it's a really challenging super speedway. I've been here a few times now uh, racing, and, uh, yeah, it's always a highlight on my calendar at least. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to be. Last year we had a really good race car here. Uh, we were moving up through the field well in, in race one, and, I think it was six there in the end before the last pit stop, the yellow stop, where unfortunately we had an issue in pit lane and lost the wheel, so uh, that sort of ruined that day, but uh, came back to finish 12th in race two, so we had really good speed in the cars, but just uh, didn't really get the results with us uh, last year. I think we're looking really good this year, uh, obviously coming off winning the championship with Alex last year and, and having a really strong season in, in general as a team with, with Scott in fourth and me in sixth in the, in the championship standings. So we're bringing that momentum and confidence into this year and I think we showed already in, in St. Pete that we, we're going to be strong you know, with Alex finishing runner-up and me and Scott both in the top nine. So uh, we definitely have a lot of uh, confidence as a group you know, and, and also with Jimmy running the ovals this year it's going to be a huge help for us as well with all his oval experience. So... We're feeling strong and confident, also knowing that the competition is, uh, is going to be very, very tough this season. I think that's the great thing for us in, in Ganassi. You know, you have a guy like Scott Dixon here, uh, also Jimmy and, and Alex, the champion from last year. Uh, so we have a very mix of drivers with a, a, a lot of experience from the racing world. But for, for me, coming here and still being a bit new in the series, you know, to have Scott to lean on and ask questions is a huge benefit, I feel. So 
I'm trying to t- take advantage of that as much as possible. A lot of good things to say there about Scott Dixon and everything. And uh, this guy is uh, he, he he's a good driver. Oh, yeah. And he's definitely proved himself last year. Like you said earlier, coming to Texas, unless you're Scott Dixon, <laughs> unless you're Scott, I mean, you, you automatically have to go with Scott Dixon as one of your picks to, to win the race. It's pretty much a given. I mean, pretty much at any track that you go to. I mean, Dixon is the man. But other than that, like you said, it's it's a toss up. It's it's anyone can win this race. There's no favorites. And especially yeah. you, when you throw in the variables like the, the PJ1, the win that's going to happen, mm-hmm. it's going to be a day race and not a night race they're used to racing this race at night it's there's they're used to racing in june and not in march so so many different variables coming into this race that uh, I, i'm really excited for it. it i almost feel like it's the first time that they've ever raced at texas almost. i know we haven't been this excited in a long time <laughs> <laughs> now in, in all these interviews not all of them but most of them we keep hearing the word christian come up christian come up and uh, they're referring to christian lungard the rookie this year and he's uh he was uh, uh, interviewed as well, and uh, Don, he opened the season in St. Pete with an 11th place finish. He was the highest finishing rookie in that race and did really well. He was on the lead lap at the finish and ran strong and and uh, currently um, uh, in 11th place in the standings as well, in the point standings, so a good finish. Texas, well, he might get him in the top 10, but... Here's what uh, Christian had to say the other day. Expectations for Texas um, are kind of neutral, to be fair. I think uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend, first oval race, looking forward for it. Um, But I think after the test, you know, you got to a point where you kind of got comfortable with the car, comfortable with driving around at at high speeds and turning left. Um, But I think, you know, the preparations up to it has been been quite uh, extreme. Uh, obviously, for me, it's it's all new, so I want to have as much information as possible. I think doing the test was a big uh, benefiting f- beneficial factor in that. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to get out there and, and race around and, and be around the other 25-odd cars we, we're on track. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting. We were six cars at the test, um, and traffic running in the afternoon went well. Uh, I think that's where I gained the most confidence, really. Um so now having to go out there and hopefully win the thing, um, that's the plan at least. Uh, it would it it would be awesome to to come and, and you know kind of lay your mark uh, on the ovals. I know it's so different to whatever I'm used to, but I'm looking forward. I'm super excited and uh, Texas, here we come. All right, there here he comes, and uh, he was at the you know one of the test sessions they had. Don was an all rookie test session with just all the rookies out there. So. That that might have been kind of scary. I know. I was like, when they just stick them, it's like a, like kindergartners out there, you know. Okay, just let them go screw up, and we'll keep everybody else safe. Yeah, he's uh, one of four rookies competing this year, or that has already competed so far. There's four rookies, and I always love the rookie uh, championship race. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, some of these guys worked their way up through the uh, Indy Light series, and we've we've you know. How many guys have we interviewed before that have come up through that series and they get in any car and they do well? Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, past champion Joseph Newgarden is one of those uh, that comes to mind right away. So, you know what I love to, uh, Mike, is listening to all of these guys. Again, this is what makes the IndyCar series to me so much fun is uh, the diversity of, you know, all these countries and stuff that the, that the guys come from, uh, the different – 
accents and stuff. Of course, they're Christian from Denmark. So, you know, we've, we've got guys from Spain. We've got guys from Australia. We've got Great Britain, America, uh, you know, Denmark, Brazil, all over. And so I, I just, I love it. I, I love, it's, it's one of those things to me that makes the IndyCar series so special. It is special. <laughs> and speaking of special, a guy that I, I've always thought it was special was uh, Elio Castro. Elio Castroneves, I had to laugh because I had lunch with Elio one one year at the, at the um, media, uh, uh-huh. Texas Motor Speedway Media Day. He sat at our table and he entertained us. We were laughing so hard. He's, he's always fun and everything. Well, you know, he's a four-time winner at Texas. He won in the race in the race number two, the doubleheader in 2004, won in 2006, 2009, and 2013. I believe last year he won the Indy 500, right? Yeah. And surprise everybody. And keep in mind, the best title that he has is not just the Dancing with the Stars title that he does have, but he has Don Hall's. I don't even know how to intro this. I just completely bombed it. Um, I was going to say the best photo at Texas Motor Speedway hanging in Texas Motor Speedway from Victory Lane is of Elio Castroneves standing on his car with the six shooters. But most of the guys have them in the air, but he's pointing them at the fan. I mean, like at the media. And he's got got like this little smirk on his face. I freaking love that picture. It's the best picture I've seen Uh, since I'm talking about this when we go there. In fact, I think I've taken a picture of it before, but I will take a picture of that picture again and I will post it and share it because I'm telling you, it's just priceless. (laughs) What's funny about it is, you know, he's doing it. But the thing to keep in mind is these guys have been going around this track for an hour and a half, two hours. Normally, when guys get out of the cars, they're very shaky. Yeah. Remember one year Casey Kane did the same thing and the media was like ducking because he had to shake so bad. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. (laughs) I mean, it's blanks, but still. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. So, yes, I mean, that picture, it's just if, if you know... If you picture Elio's smile, which is just, you know, lights up a room, it's just the smile and he's kind of like at an angle and he's, it's just, it's so funny. So I I definitely have to take a picture of that and I will tweet and uh, Facebook and Instagram that picture out. So be watching for it. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, we have a little audio from Elio. He was short and sweet here. So here we go. Yes, looking forward to a great race. Uh, certainly, uh, it's a place that I've been successful there. Understand what you need to be doing and what not need to be doing. However, it's been quite some time that uh, we haven't been there, but it's a great preparation for the Indy 500, I mean, especially in the So we won there many times. We won untied the record with, uh, with Scott Dixon, and um, but we're looking forward to a great, great race. There you go. He wants to tie that record with Scott Dixon, and Scott's a five-time winner. He's a four-time winner. I would put my money, if I was betting, I would place a bet on Elio to get the victory Sunday afternoon. And the fans, you know the fans want to see that, uh, A, because he's a fan favorite, but B, because uh, Elio Castroneves, a.k.a. Spider-Man, you know if you get a victory from Elio, he's climbing the fence. Yep. Uh, and, and it's been a while. In fact, it's been a long time since I've seen anybody climb the fence at Texas, so that'll be fun. You bet. You bet. Well, we mentioned the Indy Light Series and guys working their way up. Don, uh, you mentioned Joseph Newgarden. He's next on deck. Uh, you know, he's a two-time pole winner, won the pole in 2018 and 2020, and he won the race in 2019. And so Joseph is uh, looking forward to, to the race at Texas, and here's what he had to say. 
Hey everybody, looking forward to Texas coming up. Uh, it's one of my exciting tracks that we get to go to. I, I love the fact that, you know, we're so committed at that track. You've got to have a car that you're really confident in. For me, it's all about the transition in and out of the banking and making sure the car is really secure and then not building too much understeer behind cars and traffic. So those are kind of the keys to me to, to find speed around that track. The confidence needs to be high. It's super high commitment around Texas. Um, we've won there before, hoping to, to get a better result uh, that weekend so that we can kickstart our, our year on the two car. Yes, he has. He won there before. And uh, Joseph is a great driver. And one of my former students loved him. Uh, he, she was a big fan of his when I taught at school a couple years ago before I retired. <laughs> Man, one of the most competitive guys on and off the track. If you watch Penske games, if you ever watch the Penske games, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Joseph Newgarden, uh, extremely competitive. And and one of the other things, I always joke about it whenever we've having him on and stuff. Joseph, when you think of all-American guy, I mean, you know that term. But when you think of the, the boy next door, the all-American, he's like a Ken doll. I mean, <laughs> Joseph Newgarden is like... Perfect. He is just, you know, now, of course, he's older now. He's gotten older. But I mean, we, we first talked to him when he was like 17 or 18 years old, I think, as when we first started talking to him. And he's, he's just, you know, we've, we've watched him grow as a driver, as a champion and stuff. And, but just all around great guy. I mean, you almost want to hate him. He's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he's just, he, he's just, he's great to look at. He, he speaks well. He carries himself well. He's just, he, uh, he's just awesome. He just oozes awesome. And in a way it's like gross. No, but I'm just kidding. It's not gross. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I love Joseph Newgarden. I would love to see him win there as well. Well, I tell you, uh, he probably needs, you know, definitely wants to get a win, especially after his 16th place finish at the first race of the season at St. Pete. Oh, he didn't yeah. have the very best outing. So look for him to to really rebound and rally this week at Texas. Uh, well, Don, we got a couple more left. Um, we mentioned five-time winner Scott Dixon. He's up next. Dixon is uh, always done well at Texas. He uh, started the season finishing eighth at uh, St. Pete, so he cracked the top ten. And uh, Anyway, but Dixon is uh, ready for Texas, and here's what Dixon had to say. Texas uh, is coming up a lot earlier this year in the, in the schedule, which will, I think, definitely be interesting um, for weather. Uh, be a lot cooler, so hopefully we can uh, get that second lane uh, coming in. I know that uh, you know the Intertendi Car Series has been working hard on some uh, different uh, ways to, to do that as well and enforce it and hopefully help it. So, looking forward to that, and, and uh, you know, ultimately we're going there to, to win the race. We've had a, a great track record there. I think I'll be going for my sixth win at Texas, which would be uh, which would be really sweet, and of course, one of the best uh, winner's circle uh, areas or, or promotions or whatever you want to call it in in IndyCar racing and, and probably in most racing. So, the goal is to shoot those guns and wear that cowboy hat. So let's see. And Don, he's good at shooting those guns. He's done it five times there at Texas, and uh, he is right. They do Texas Motor Speedway. If you've never been before, you need to go. But he, they have one of the best victory lane celebrations that, uh, in any track, any facility that I've ever been to or seen on TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, Scott Dixon, I know um, he's got a collection. He probably, he probably has more cowboy hats than, than most <laughs> most folks do. But he another great guy. I mean, I love 
I know people are like, shut up, Dawn, you're so sappy about it. But seriously, like there is no one that I don't like, you know, how like over in NASCAR, you got guys, you know, that you're like, ah, you know, or you have guys that you love to hate, like Kyle yeah. Busch. Um, there's not, there's none of that for me in the IndyCar series. I love all all of them. They're just, they, they're all so amazing to talk to. Um, so gracious. And, and like generally when you interview them, I mean, you're, you're hearing these, these are interviews mm -hmm. that, that they've done. They, they don't make you feel like you're wasting their time where sometimes no. you get that feeling. It's like, Oh God, I got to do a presser. I got to do this. <laughs> it's like, you know, these guys genuinely enjoy talking to the media yeah. and talking to, and, and so for, for us as media folks and for fans, I mean, as a fan first, I just appreciate it. It makes me like them more. It makes me want to support them more because you can just tell, I mean, they are in it uh, for they're in it to win, but they are also in it to put on a great show and entertain the fans and IndyCar goes above and beyond for the fans. I have to say. You're right. And you talk about nice guys and everything, you know, there's, there's not a guy that you can, can't really say that not a nice guy, but one guy that I've always really enjoyed is our last uh, interview here that we're going to play is uh, Simon Paginald. Oh, one of my faves. Yeah. One of my top threes. Simon, he's another great guy with uh, who's great personality and funny. everything. <laughs> funny. But anyway, here's what Simon, he's looking forward to coming back to Texas as well. And here's what he had to say. Yeah, Texas, I'm really looking forward to that race. Obviously, the second race of the season. And uh, I'm excited to uh, to be going with Shank Racing and Honda and uh, hopefully have a great performance. It's it's one of my favorite oval. It's the first oval of the year. It's gonna be the first time I get to uh, to check our uh, oval package and get ready for Indianapolis. So I'm extremely excited. Um, I think we we can do a really good job. Um, it's a long race usually. It's a bit different this year. We're gonna have um, daylight uh, conditions. So it should be uh, hotter and um, it, the tires should behave in a different way. So quite excited about it and uh, IndyCar has made some tweaks to the aero package which should uh, create better racing for this year so I look forward to going there hopefully qualify well and um, and then uh, race to the front and uh, see what we can do and Don I love the way he said Honda 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 well, you, you remember we got him to do his uh what, what was his name on on Talladega Nights the French guy and he he impersonates him and so he's a Ricky Bobby <laughs> He looks like him and, and he does the impersonation. But the best thing about Simon Paginaw, and I'm going to hold up my phone right now so you see, but of course, is Norman, Norman Paginaw, his dog, which by yeah. the way, if you go on, if you're on Twitter, you have to follow Norman Paginaw. He has his own Twitter page. He's got over 3,600 uh, 3, followers. Um, so you've totally got it. But that dog, he, he goes everywhere with Simon and he, He'll have him. Remember, he had him sitting like at at a table eating sushi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the dog does everything with him. When when Simon won the championship, Norman was there in all of the pictures. He did all of the media circuit thing and stuff with the trophy. Where the trophy was, there was there was Norman. So mm -hmm. uh, Norman is great, and so. I, but Simon is is even he's just he's a fun guy. You always want you always root for him when you're when you're there at Texas or in the media center just because you know you want to get those interviews and get to hear him talk and because you just never know what he's going to say. He's just yeah. hysterical. Well, we've had him on before and we've interviewed him and you know just dying laughing and you know just a lot of fun and I really uh, I like that guy. I like I like his driving style. You know, everything about him. He's just a 
a good guy for the IndyCar series. Uh, one guy that we, we didn't hear from, we didn't have interviews from, but I I look forward to seeing, of course, as we talked about him a few minutes ago, is Will Power. I have mm-hmm. to tell you, for folks, if you are if you don't follow Will on, uh, on social media, especially Instagram and Twitter, he is a must-follow. You want to talk – Will is one of those guys. Now, Will's brother um, – and I don't think they're twins, but I think his brother is younger than him, I believe, or he might be a little older. But his brother is a comedian, which obviously comedy runs in the family. His brother's a professional comedian, but Will Power is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> there's things that Will Power does that is just – He's so damn funny, but Mike on social media, I'm not sure if you follow him, but he has this thing about, I don't know what app it is, but he will go and he pulls like these movie scenes from (laughs) famous movies and he dubs his face into the scenes and, (laughs) and it's hilarious. And so lately he's been doing it, but he's been dubbing in Dixon's face as well, like as a female part or, you know, different. So like there was a scene where they were on the Titanic. You know, the famous scene up on the front of the boat. (laughs) But it's just so funny because you just, again, you don't see his stuff coming a mile away. He's got that, just that, you know, quiet comedy, you know, quiet humor. And he's he's so funny. So uh, I'm going to have to check that out. I I do follow him, but I guess I don't follow him or watch his, maybe his stuff doesn't come through on my Twitter feed. Um, You said on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see it on Twitter and Instagram. So just. I need to follow him on, on Instagram. I don't follow him on Instagram, just Twitter. Yeah, go follow him on Instagram because you can go back in the history and, and, and find the videos and stuff. But <laughs> That's funny. cracks me up. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, Mike. I'm, I, I mean, just after doing this, listening to the guys and stuff, I'm so stoked. I cannot wait for yeah. this weekend. Uh, no matter what, whether it's the last race at Texas or, or, or not, it's going to be a good one. It always is. Uh, I can't remember who it was earlier in the interviews. Uh, they said this, and it's true. Um, Texas is definitely – when you talk to any IndyCar driver, they all say it. They all love coming to Texas. It's well, just a super fun track for them to, to drive around. My prediction, they're going to be back. It's too big of a market. When The more I think about it, it's too big of a market, t- television market. There's too many sponsors that are attached to the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, that sponsor, you know, and then do uh, associate sponsors and stuff like that, not only for the drivers, but also at the track itself. Um, there's This is going to be the 35th race in history at Texas. So we've had, you know, 34 successful races going way back since the track opened i don't see the indycar series leaving this facility if it does it's a damn shame and i i hope that 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 doesn't happen but um i really believe they're gonna come to terms and sign something at some point it might not be this weekend or maybe it will be maybe that'll be the big news story this weekend they'll make an announcement sunday or something and who knows but uh I it really hope. You wonder if it's if it's not a a, a ploy. <laughs> get, you know, let's get the fans in it. Let's get them yeah. you know, emotional. No, I'm just kidding. But I, but Mike, you know what? One thing you did say, and again, some people would be like, "No, Don, you're way off on this." But my opinion on this is. Texas needs Texas needs the IndyCar race more than IndyCar needs Texas. Um, and I say that because right now Texas currently will have, you know, again, the NASCAR all-star race 
and the uh, fall race there during the during the chase or it's not the chase during the the playoffs. Play yeah. But Mike, you and I both know that all star race ain't going to stay at Texas very no. for much longer. In fact, no. I don't even know if it's going to be there past this year. I I don't know if that's just something. What I think what I think it was, and and I don't know. You used to go to all of the luncheons and stuff with with Eddie, and also you may know more when Eddie was there, but. I I think this was just the way of appeasing Texas um, <laughs> because Texas was going to have a race taken away from them. Well, they wanted right. to go to they wanted to go to Coda. Right, right. So the race is basically they're loaning at Dakota right now. So if the All Star race goes away, do they get that race back at Coda? It's going to be interesting. You know, next weekend I know we're talking. This is an IndyCar show when we're talking NASCAR, but it, there is some crossover. IndyCar did race at Coda one year, but they did not return. They didn't draw the fans like they thought they were going to draw. Um, but maybe they didn't market the race like they should have. But I think um, if if the race, if the All Star race is taken away from Texas, you can you kind of have to wonder if Texas is going to try to get that race back from Coda. That went down to Coda because that's a SMI lease agreement. They go down there and lease the track. It's not Coda putting on the race. It's Speedway Motorsports Incorporated putting on the race. So I, I see uh, it possibly coming back to Texas if the all-star race leaves. But then again, um, a lot depends on, you know, I know NASCAR wants to look at the markets and see how the 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 fans are reacting to the ticket sales at those markets. And uh there's other places they want to try to, to go and do, and there's only so many weekends in during the year, and there's a lot of tracks out there. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. But hopefully, like going back to the IndyCar deal, hopefully they'll renew the contract and come back, and we'll have several more years of great IndyCar racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Well, it also makes you wonder, again, when you're talking IndyCar and SMI, of course, who owns Texas Motor Speedway, if if you know if there's a possibility that IndyCar doesn't run at Texas, does SMI lease Coda for IndyCar to go there? Well, that's so, true. You know, it's interesting because, and again, it was IndyCar when when they initially went. It was IndyCar doing the promotion through Coda and working yeah. with Coda directly. SMI is a different animal when it comes to promotions and stuff. I mean that that's. Bruton, <laughs> you know, that's and, the Smiths. So it's a bigger deal. They'll, they'll put out more money to promote it. And we also, I mean, any cars back at Texas, uh, I mean, at, at uh, Coda, the Circuit of the Americas would be great. Uh, the, the year that I saw them there, they, they put on a really good show. There just weren't a lot of fans. Um, but, you know, I think um, a double header, a double header NASCAR race, at Coda with with the IndyCar series on the same weekend, that'd be one hell of a of a race uh, uh, gig, you know, or race bill for that weekend. I think that'd be great. Have a concert there at the amphitheater there at the track, and you could draw a couple hundred thousand people probably. Yeah, the hard thing about that though is that when NASCAR is going to Coda, all three series are going to Coda. Um, so, or, or at least that's how it was last year and what it'll be this coming weekend. So I, I don't know if you could squeeze IndyCar in, uh, with that, but that would be an amazing, an amazing deal to see. So I don't know, Mike, I mean, I really hope no matter what, I hope that this isn't the last uh, that we see of IndyCar in the state of Texas at all. There's plenty of opportunities. Hell, we need to throw out to him. There was a damn Grand Prix in San Antonio in in the eighties. Why don't we have a, 
uh, IndyCar streets, uh, you know, street race in San Antonio. Yeah, well, we had one before Alamo Grand Prix. I covered it, and um, it, it, it was a great event. So, bring it back to bring the Indy cars to San Antonio and run them downtown. That'd be great. Yeah, let's let's do it. So, uh, so Mike, we had all the interviews and everything. Before we go, we got to do picks. That's right. We got to do picks. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and go. You want me to go first? You always want yeah. me going first. Yes. All right. So let me look at my list here and see and make sure I'm not missing anybody. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go for the win. Um, I'm going to gamble here a little bit. I'm in the gambling mood. Um, let me go get some scratch offs. I was going to say, maybe we go to the casino. I'm going to go, um, Elio Castroneves for the win to tie Scott Dixon. Then I'm going to go, my long shot is going to be Scott McLaughlin. Uh And then my really, really long shot, I'm going to go with the with the rookie uh, Christian Lungard. Well, hell, he did enough testing for everybody, so he should be able to get around the track. So those <laughs> those are my three. All right, so let me see here. You know, this is hard because it's like again, I, I'm like, okay, do you pick with pick with the heart, pick with the brain for the win? How do you not go? I'm going to pick the simple, the the easy pick. I'm going to go Scott Dixon. You win, Elio. I'll go Scott Dixon for the win. Uh, my long shot, um, I'm going to say, uh, God, I love, I wish I could, I should pick Simon, but I'm not going to my long shot. I'm going to go with your guy. I'm going to go Felix Rosenquist, uh, which of course we call him Fred. Um, that's Fred. And, um, so I'm going to go Felix and then my really, really long shot. How can I not do it? I'm going to go Jimmy Johnson. Ooh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now, but in my heart, I would love to see Simon. I would love to see <laughs> Pato. I would love, I mean, there's a lot of them I'd love to see. Definitely. I'd love to see Jimmy. So there we go. Um, but that's our picks. All right. Well, Mike, <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing you in, in less than two days. I can't wait. We, we don't get to hang out as much now that I'm up here in the Dallas area. And of course you're still down there in the San Antonio area. So, uh, we always have a good time and yeah. we, we intend to do so again, make sure you follow Mike and myself, follow Mike on his website, racedaysa.com. He'll be putting up stories. He actually works during the weekend. He puts up a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm running around having a good time and, um, you know, we'll I'll work here. We we'll work. We'll do a show. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a show and we'll, we'll do Facebook lives about stupid stuff nacho bars and and stuff like food usually ice cream they have that andy's custard uh which is now a permanent feature i guess that's right right there in the media center i don't know if i can have it though Ooh, dawn i know it's gonna suck but people who have who have had surgery like don't do well with ice cream well you better not have any better stay away i'm sorry it might be worth the risk though I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll do it. If so, I'll do it Sunday after the race. Like, so that way I don't, I know I won't miss, like I won't do it Saturday and risk not being able to come back on Sunday. If that makes sense. That's true. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll just see. Maybe that's a Facebook live that we, we need to do. <laughs> Let's watch Don have uh what do we call it afterwards? I don't know. They, they heaving and <laughs> you'll need a fail bucket. <laughs> frothing at the mouth and what the foamies that's what they call it the foamies so gross all right mike well i can't wait thanks so much for getting all that audio together for us uh it's it's 
it's going to be fun no matter what. Definitely. Definitely will be. So. All right. Well, thank you guys, of course, for listening. As always, enjoy the IndyCar race. God, it's going to be fun, too. You'll get IndyCar at 11.30, and then you'll get the Atlanta race uh, for NASCAR a little bit later on in the afternoon. So it's going to be a, a big weekend of racing for race fans in general. Uh, we look forward to talking with you guys and, and catching up next week on everything uh, on TrackSmack Radio. And uh, we'll talk with you soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to TrackSmack SmackCast. Check out more at TrackSmackRadio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.